Well, good morning, and uh, my name's Steve. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, uh, I'm the senior minister here at Door of Hope, and um, I've uh, already connected with a few new people here this morning. It's so good to welcome you here. Just a quick introduction. Um, Steve, uh, married to Karen. We're uh, celebrating 23 years of marriage in January. We have two teenage children, and uh, we've been ministering here at Door of Hope for 23 years. It'll be in January anyway, alongside a great team of people, of elders, of staff, and uh, God's really moving in our midst and uh, doing incredible things here in our city and our lives, and it's great to have you, especially those who are participating online this morning. If you're beaming in uh, via On Demand, we welcome you. It's great. Can we welcome those who are participating online? Uh, our online services are still very a huge part of what we do here at Door of Hope. If you're unable to make it, if you are unwell, we encourage you to stay at home and enjoy the services there online. But there is nothing quite like meeting together, right? Let me pray. Father, we just lift these next five weeks before you, knowing that you're going to speak through your word by the power of your Holy Spirit into our lives. Our prayer is that you would shine your light into the darkness of our souls. Those things, because of the world in which we live, come in and make their home in us. And I pray that you would bring about hope you would bring about help and that you would bring about your healing into those dark places that have formed toxic environments in our lives. Give us the ears to hear and the heart to respond for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, if you have your smartphones or Bibles, feel free to take those out. Um, We've got everything on the screen there for you this morning. But let's get stuck into this because it is time, as Cameron alluded to before, thanks to Cameron's for his uh, introduction and also to Emma and the team. What a beautiful start to worship this morning. Um, It's time to do a clean out. And what we mean by that, it's time to recognize not just that, but to remove those hidden dangers that come and take place within our lives. Now, it's not a repeat performance, by the way, of the 5 p.m. services. Only my two messages will be, by the way. And we've, got three, we've got three other fresh messages coming your way, so if you did hear those messages, and we're going to talk about worry, influence, deceit, and our thought life. But today, we're going to talk about the subject of offense. It affects us all. Everyone say right from word go, I'm over it. No, no, no. Everyone say, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Because have you ever noticed, have you noticed, or is it just me, by the way, that everybody, everywhere, is offended pretty much by everything. Men are offended. Wait. Women are offended. Millennials are offended. Gen Z, Z, E, are offended. Gen X are offended. Baby boomers are offended. And every other generation I have not mentioned yet, guess what? They are now offended. The government are offended. The opposition are offended. The Greens are offended. Atheists are offended. Social, you get on social media, you become offended. Sports fans are offended. Vegetarians are offended. Vegans are offended. Thanks to the vegans, we can no longer bring home the bacon. We've got to bring home the broccoli. <laughs> Is that all right, Wayne? Hey, give me, I got the thumbs up from Wayne. Christians 
are offended. Our Lord and leader, Jesus Christ, who took all offense to the cross, are offended. We're going to celebrate communion just in a moment, so it'll remind us of that. But before we go there, uh, let's not pretend just for a moment that we've got no idea what I'm about to talk about, and that's the, the TV show, the Australian TV show that's been shown for about 125 years, and that's Home and Away. All right? Well, not quite. It's an exaggeration. But it's been on our TV shows, and don't pretend you haven't seen it. It's been on our TV for many, many years. And I don't know about you, every time I see a clip, because I tend to watch the news at night, and it's coming up, and blah, 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 and seen a little bit over the years, as you have, everyone on Home and Away seems to be offended. Oh, oh, oh. They're just... They're just <laughs> did I do that all right? They're... Oh. They're just so offended. Have you ever played the board game? Did you see the board game when you were younger? Operation? It's got this patient in the form of a board game, um, and you take these little tweezers, and you have to take out, remember this? You have to take out the heart or an organ of sort or a little bone, and if you hit the wrong spot, tell me what happens. Yeah, exactly. And on the patient, you may not remember, but the red light, his nose, lights up and flashes red. But guess what? That is you and that is me because if it's the right person at the wrong time, hits that wrong spot and triggers us with whatever emotion comes to the surface, guess what? That's what offense does. We light up. Everyone say, I'm over it. I'm over it. And often, isn't it, it's sometimes the most smallest and insignificant things. For example, driving. If I let you in, if I let, come on, come on, some people relate. If I let you in, guess what I expect from you? Not the full hand wave, just the, just the two finger wave. Thank, a little thank you, a little thank you. Anyone relate? If I'm trying to have a conversation with you and all you're doing is looking at that, Guess what? We become offended. A friend doesn't respond to a text, but you know that they've seen the message because bubbles come up. Bubbles, bubbles. We love the bubbles, but they don't respond to the text, but you know that we become offended. Social media, just spend a little time on social media and you comment and like somebody else's and they don't comment and like yours. We become offended. Somebody unfriends you. Somebody doesn't accept you. We're, we become offended over often the smallest things that set us off in the biggest ways. Everyone this morning, come on, say, I'm over it. I'm over it. By the end of this morning, we're going to be over it because it's all a part, come on, it's all a part of being a breathing, living human being. And since we can't escape it, guess what? We're going to learn to deal with it. And by the way, by the way, the difference between offense and being offended is this. Offense is what happened. Offended is my reaction. Offense is the inevitable Offended is optional. So my question to us this morning is this. What is your current level of offendability? Don't Google that word, by the way. You won't find it. Come with me. What is your current level of offendability? And what I mean by that is how much does it take for you to become offended? And if you're not already offended this morning, here I come. I'm coming your way. And it goes like this. Your level of offendability is an indicator of the level of your spiritual maturity. 
your level of offendability is an indicator of the level of your spiritual maturity. Let me explain. Why is it that we are so easily offended? And this is a biblical answer, and I'm going to open the word of Scripture because I know some of you are offended. I haven't even opened the word of Scripture yet. I'm coming your way. (laughs) It's because we are living out of our egos and not out of and from God's grace. Our very insecure egos that want to be right and that want to win. Yet for us to be right, guess what? Somebody has to lose. For us to win, guess what? Somebody else has to... um, For us to to be right, somebody else has to be wrong. Somebody has to to win. Does that make sense? Everyone just say, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Proverbs 19 verse 11 says this. A person's wisdom yields patience, and here it is, here's the key, it is to one's glory, to what? To overlook an offence. You see, we live in a world, don't we, that's quick to judge and quick to be offended, but we're very slow to overlook an offence. By the way, what does it mean? What does it actually mean to overlook an offence? Firstly, it doesn't mean to pretend that nothing ever happened. It doesn't mean that. In fact, it's overlooking the fact that it already did. I'm going to go as far to say this. It's a form of forgiveness in real time. And what I mean by that is this. It's that conscious decision to children, if there's any children in the room, sing it with me. It's the conscious decision to let it go. Yeah? Let it go. They made a movie about that, didn't they? To let it go in real time that I'm not carrying this offense, that little offense. that came. I'm not carrying this three weeks into my life. I'm not carrying this little offense three days into my life. In fact, I'm not going to even carry this little offense three seconds into my life because it's a conscious form of forgiveness in real time, right there, right then. To rise above it spiritually. It's in that moment decision to stay above that offense. Everyone say, I'm over it. I'm over it because I have real-time forgiveness. I have real-time forgiveness. It's when we get so close to God that you're not going to be, be low enough to let that meaningless offense take you off of God's calling. Why? Because it's to my glory to overlook an offense. In other words, it's God-honoring. It's God-honoring to overlook an offence. So, when we don't get invited to that party and everyone else seems to, guess what? We're going to say, I'm over it. Yeah. When we see something on social media that kind of like trying to triggers us or whatever, are we going to say, I'm over it? Yeah. When, when somebody comments on what I'm wearing and kind of we're taking that little offence, well, guess what we're going to say? I'm over it. When the mother-in-laws says something critical about the children, well, that's a different deal. We're going to deal with that a bit later on. Um, but, uh, but here's the deal. Life's too short. Life's too short. And your calling is too great to live an offended life. Could you imagine Jesus for a moment? With all respect, with all respect. Imagine Jesus getting off mission, being offended by his disciples. For example, Matthew, Matthew, you weren't paying attention to my sermon on the mount. You hurt my feelings. I can no longer calm the storm. 
That Pharisee, there was that Pharisee, Jesus, that Pharisee that gave me a dirty look and hurt my feelings. I'm no longer in the mood to do any more miracles. With all respect, Thomas, Thomas, you didn't even compliment my miracle. You see, Jesus, why he didn't get off mission, why he didn't go left or right, why he kept the main thing the main thing, because he knew what his mission was. And that was all about love, the love of the Father in which he had sent him to earth to fulfill. And as followers of Jesus, guess what? We are called to stay above it, stay above it, to overlook that offense and love through it. But why do we really do that? Once again, it goes back that we're living out of our egos rather than out of living of God's grace and God ex- that God extends to us through his son, Jesus. Let's go there. I'm going to give us three things this morning to consider. Three things. Romans chapter 12, based on Romans chapter 12, verses 3. This is all from the Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Um, and Paul writes this, and he says this, for by the, what is it? For by the ego. <laughs> no, it's not. For by the grace given me. Let's just press pause. Keep that slide up on the screen there for a moment because let's think about who we're talking about. Paul is writing to the church in Rome and he's saying, for, who was Paul? Paul killed Christians, right? That was his job. That was his mission. That was his task. Yet until God's grace got a hold of him on that pathway that day, God took a hold of his life and his heart forever. And now he's speaking from, for by the grace given, given me. Was Paul extended grace by God? Absolutely. Did other Christians extend Paul grace? Absolutely. Has God extended you his grace? Absolutely. Do you extend uh, people that will extend grace to you? I think so. But Paul, what does he say? For by the grace of given me. Let's, let's launch on from that because he goes on and says this, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. What's Paul saying there, by the way? Do not think of yourself more highly. Is, is something to do with ego there? Do not think of yourself more highly. Don't let it be about ego. For by the grace given me, rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. First thing of three things I'm inviting you to consider this morning, the first thing is this, because of God's grace given to me through Jesus, I will extend grace to others. Because of God's grace given to me through Jesus, I will extend grace to others. By the way, what's grace? Just a little uh, summary of the word grace. It's getting what you don't deserve. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amazing grace, it's getting what you don't deserve. And because I have been forgiven of so much that I am going, because of that forgiveness, I am going to forgive others. Paul would go and write to the church in Ephesus in chapter 4, verse 2, and he would say this, Be patient with each other, making allowance for what? For each other's faults, because of your love. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults, because of your love. And so because of God's grace to me, 
I will extend grace to others. Now, press pause there because I haven't addressed that, have I yet? What if, what if somebody intentionally is rude? What if somebody is intentionally mean and hateful? One of the many things that I have learned in ministry time and in life in general, and it's this. Hurt people. Hurt people. See if they get over here. Hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. In other words, someone else's behavior is not always about you. Their bad day is not always about you. Their bad driving is not always about you. Their bad mood is not always about you. The tone in their voice is not always, are you hearing me this morning, about you. Maybe, maybe, it's just maybe, they're having a bad day. Is anyone, is everyone allowed to have a bad day every now and then? Help me out, help me out. Uh, maybe it's because they're wounded in some way or another that we have no idea what's going on in their life and vice versa. Maybe they are preoccupied with a significant issue that's been brought to their attention by going to the doctor or receiving that phone call from the doctor that same day that some, someone in their own family has been affected by. So maybe, maybe it's not always about you. And here's what we're going to do. Thanks to the reading of scripture this morning, we're going to make allowances for each other's faults. Why? Because of your love. And so if someone is harsh, if somebody does go on the attack, I always try to try to ask myself, I wonder what they're going through. I wonder what would cause that behavior. And it allows me to kind of discern and even pray into that. And so instead of being offended by, I want to have compassion for. Instead of being offended by, I want to have compassion for. Have you ever seen a wounded animal? It's a pretty horrible thing. I was driving along the Hobart, no, the Brooker, I think it is, the Brooker coming out of Hobart, and it was a big, long stretch of road. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. I won't go into the story, but you'll get the story as I kind of share a little bit. It was a trailer. It was a ute. It was a ute, sorry. It was a ute with a dog, and the dog had fallen out, 100 kilometers an hour, a wounded animal. It was one of the worst things that I have ever seen. And when a wounded animal um, is hurt in that way, they go to a corner and they try to get away. They need help. You and I know they need help. But they, they, they back off. They, they don't want you to, you know, they don't want you to, touch, you to touch them. They defend themselves. And that's exactly what we tend to do. That's what a wounded person tends to do. To walk away, to withdraw that inner value has been threatened in some way or another, and that's where we become a little oversensitive 
And as I face people like that who speak that way or act that way, I try to think, rather than being offended by, I have compassion for. Why? Because we're going to make allowances because of the love of, that comes from our heart, from God's heart. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. And as a follower of Jesus, here's what I want. Here's what I want. I want to have thick skin and a soft heart. I want to have thick skin and a soft heart, yet so often it's that thin skin and that hard heart. And we need to toughen up a little bit. Throughout ministry, I've learned from other pastors who are ahead of me at the time and said, Steve, in ministry, you've got to have the skin of a rhino and the heart of a dove. The skin of a rhino. And that kind of makes sense to me. But uh, guess what? This is what I've learned, and I'm sure you have to say it with me. Hurt people, hurt people. Very good. So life's too short. And your calling is too great to live offended. So number one, because of God's grace to me, I will extend grace, yeah? Something in which we don't deserve, I'll extend that same grace to others. But number two is this, because of God's grace given to me through Jesus, I will not label others. Just imagine, just if you could just for a moment, if God labeled you and I, if God took certain events in our lives from different seasons in our lives and labeled us simply because of the way we behaved, I don't know about you, but that's God's grace. He's the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance, the fifth chance. As we confess those things to him, I'm thankful that we serve the God of the second chance. Is anyone else in the house with me this morning? Come on, come on. Yeah, so often, so often we take one or two moments in a person's life and what do we do? We label them based on that place in time. And we label them permanently over a temporary moment in time. And I've just got to tell you a personal story just for a moment because I did that, you know, I've done that over the years. Let me just go back. I want to take you back 30 years when I was in high school. Wow. Huh. Um, and you know when you're in grade 7 and you have grade 8, 9, 10, I was in a public school at the time. And um, um, when you're a young student and you have older students over and above you, and there's one particular, or it maybe a group of people, but in this instance for me, there's one particular student who was ahead of me in grade 8, and so I went to grade 8, and he was in grade 9, I was in grade 9, etc., etc. And um, this particular individual, um, I recently reacquainted my life with, and you, know, you and I are mature enough to understand that over 30 years, a lot happens, uh, particularly maturity happens generally, generally, right? And so I saw, saw this particular individual who was a year ahead of me at school uh, at, at the gym. He just become a member at the gym. And uh, so I introduced, I plucked up the courage to introduce myself to um, this particular individual, first of all, to welcome them. I said, look, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Steve and you... Uh, anyway, we, we stuck... Long story cut short, we have now become really, really close. And I guess the point, what I'm trying to say is, how much time do we waste? How much time do we waste building a case against somebody that is totally unnecessary? I want to say this to you this morning. Life's too short. And your calling is too great to live offended. Everyone this morning say, I'm over it. I'm over it. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn 
and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So, because of God's grace, remember to me, I will extend grace to others. Number two, I will not label others. And number three, because of God's grace given to me through Jesus, I will forgive as I have been forgiven. This is a biggie. I believe I've got a word of the Lord for you this morning. And it's this Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who what? Who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. All right, all right, all right, I get it. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'll forgive. If somebody forgets to thank me for this or that, I will forgive. If somebody is wounded or defensive, I will show compassion for. But when somebody does something really big, that massive offence such as abuse or lie or cheats, some of those big things, I certainly don't have to forgive that. Yeah, I'll overlook the small things, but the big things, that's, that's a different deal. And here's what I believe this morning. I want to say this, that when we've been hurt, I think there are two choices that we can make. Before I, before I tell you the two choices, I just want to press pause and just sensitively say to you this morning, whoever this might be, First of all, I have no idea what you've been through, what you might be going through, or you must be going through. I have no idea. I just want to declare that this morning. But I will say this. You can do one of two things. You can rehearse what happened, or you can release with God's help, with time, and sometimes and often with professional help, the people that God has blessed us on this earth with. Once again, you can rehearse or you can release with God's help. If you are struggling, this is the word of the Lord to you this morning, and it's this, if you are struggling to forgive it doesn't mean you are cold-hearted. In fact, it's quite the opposite. What I mean by that is this. If you love deep, you are going to hurt deep. If you are fiercely loyal, you'll expect loyalty in return. You see, forgiveness is a hard step to take, but it's the only step forward for anything that's good. And here's what forgiveness does. And we're going to share a meal in, the mo in a moment. I don't know if you've got this ready, but we're going to share a meal in the moment. Here's what forgiveness does. Listen, listen. Forgiveness brings heaven to earth. Forgiveness brings heaven to earth. It's the greatest evidence that the truth of God is in us and lives 
in us. Where was I? Matthew 6. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, this is a hard one to swallow. And this is why we're going to share in communion. Because it's a reminder of this. Your Father will not forgive your sins. If you do not forgive others their sins, this is, this is a tough one, I get it. It takes time. So how do we forgive? How do we forgive murder? How do we forgive torture? How do we forgive betrayal? How do we forgive something that seems totally unforgivable? Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. How do we forgive? We forgive in the same way that we have been forgiven because when we forgive, it doesn't change what happened in the past, but it can change what God does and can do in your future. Why? Because it's, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Why? Life's too short and your calling is far too great to live offended. And when we understand how we've been forgiven, when we acknowledge that hurt people hurt people, but forgiven people forgive people because it's not about us. It's all about Him. For the glory of his name because of what Christ did for me on the cross. I am honored to extend grace to others. I am honored not to label others. And I am honored because I've been freely forgiven. I will freely forgive. It doesn't mean it's easy. But it does mean it's right. Amen. The more you experience the grace of Christ, the more you can forgive. And I'll finish by saying this. Your life is too short and your calling is far too great to live offended. Everyone one more time with me this morning say, I'm over it. Everyone together, I'm over it. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen.